0: hey everyone welcome to today's episode of the brews less traveled podcast where we explore all things travel and craft beer we're continuing our beercation in san antonio this month with a visit to ranger creek brewing and distilling we also chatted with their head brewer tony ferguson join me julie and my co-host mike as we chat with Tony about working at the area's only brew distillery, why wheat is the underdog of craft beer, and how Ranger Creek serves those who have served the country. We also tasted their Laguna Madre White Ale and their Sky Trooper IPA. I can't wait to share this episode with you. Cheers! Hey everyone! Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club livestream and podcast. I am your craft beer loving host and home brewer and certified beer server, Julie Walker. It's so great to see you all here today. We are here at our third virtual tasting this month for January, and I am not alone. I am joined by my wonderful January co-host, Mike. Mike, would you like to say a few words?
1: Well, hello everyone. You know, I am a certified beer drinker and I'm really excited to certifiably drink some beer. I should be (laughs) certifiably insane for enjoying so much beer, but tell you what, it's great to be here. Great to be with you, Julie.
0: So we are continuing our exploration of the River City itself, San Antonio today, with a visit to Ranger Creek Brewing and Distilling. This was the first production brewery to open in San Antonio since 2001, which I think is pretty cool. They also sent us a really fun sticker that matches our first beer of the night. So this sticker you can throw on your laptop or your beer fridge. I have a story about this. So I used to put all of my brewery stickers on my laptop. So I had a laptop that was like covered in brewery stickers from like years. And then my laptop went kaput. And so then I lost all of my brewery stickers. I couldn't take them off. They were all ripping. It was a tragedy. This is my life pro tip. For everybody else who likes brewery stickers and likes to collect them, I got magnet paper. And so now I stick the stickers on the magnet paper and I can stick it on my beer fridge. And then if my beer fridge goes kaput, I still have stickers and I can just transfer them to somewhere else. Mike, do you have a fun place you like to store your stickers?
1: That's awesome. I actually, I'm a little sticker reverse because when I was a kid, uh, a friend of mine gave me all the stickers from the Kiss Rock and Roll Over album. It was like all these stickers, and I put them right on my dresser drawer, right on the bureau. And my mother walked in and she was like, oh, what did this? I was like, this is not your furniture. I own this furniture. (laughs) And so she made me she made me scrape them off. And there were just these blank spots on the dresser for the rest of my childhood.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so So, sad.
1: uh, I was scared out of stickers. I I, I love my mom,
0: though. My son does the same thing. My son is already collecting random stickers and covering his dresser with them. And I felt similarly at first. I was like, what are you doing to this? I was like, "Okay, you know what? It's your dresser. Yeah. Good I'm let, I'm letting him do that, but maybe I'll regret it. Who knows?
1: <laughs> when I've worked with children before and they get we give them stickers for some kind of prize, they would be like, Now remember, a sticker is forever. So make sure <laughs> <Stickers> <laughs> be
0: forever. careful
1: where you put it. <laughs> but my wife's actually been putting them on her uh, calendar, you know, date book. So they they're finding a good home. She loves the brewery stickers. It's working out for everybody. And we got a great guest tonight. Fantastic guest. Tony Ferguson is here, the head brewer at Ranger Creek Brewing and Distilling. And we will be drinking their Laguna Madre wit beer and the Sky Trooper IPA.
0: Yes, and I am very stoked for this wit beer. I feel like it has been a little while since I've had a nice wheat-based beer to yeah. taste. Which one are you more excited to open, Mike?
1: Yeah, I, I like the idea of a wit beer. I haven't had one in a while. Allegash White is always a favorite of mine. I actually get a lot of, when I go on beer tours, people are like, is there a wheat beer? Is there a Whitbeer? And they're not super in style right now at least in New York. So uh, I'm glad we're getting one on the show. All I know is I'm feeling thirsty, Julie. (laughs) I have these beers ready to go. Can we open it? Are we ready? Can we crack open a beer?
0: Yeah, we haven't had that many kind of wheat style beers in the box. So this is really excited to try. So yes, let's do it. We're going to open the Laguna Madre first. This is a Belgian style white ale that clocks in at 5.4% ABV and 16 IBU. And the description on the website really captures the mood that I think they're going for too. So Mike, would you do the honors of reading this wonderful description in Uh, your wonderful voice?
1: (laughs) Thank you. They say it's refreshing like a welcome breeze across the Texas Gulf coast. Laguna Madre drinks a pleasant balance of citrus and spice from the addition of orange peel and coriander. Enjoy while fishing for your big catch on the beach or while hanging out on the beach with friends.
0: It's a beach beer. Absolutely. So we're not only taking you to sunny San Antonio this January, we are taking you to the beach. So let's open up this Laguna Madre Good. reeled in from San Antonio, Texas, it says.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice light head on this. Mm-hmm. Very citrusy in, in the look.
0: Nice and pale. It like it mm. looks. I just I just spilled beer on my computer. There goes my next computer.
1: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. Oh, there. All those stickers <laughs> are a waste.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm lo- I'm loving the color of this one too. It definitely looks very inviting. Like very bright and crisp. Oh,
1: for sure. Got a lot of citrus on the nose there.
0: Ooh. Yeah. It smells wonderful. It smells like that orange. Oh, snap! Peel. Well, cheers. Cheers, everyone. Mm. I love mm. that. Slánche. Sancha, I love that Belgian kind of yeast character. Oh, so tasty. That's yeah, nice. It's nice. I am liking the smell this of it. This is
1: uh, easy drinking for sure. And uh, I could see definitely fishing or being at the beach with this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where would you drink this beer if you could drink it anywhere? In a hammock? In a kayak? Maybe a kayak. Now I just Can want to I, go kayaking.
1: I could be anywhere drinking this beer. But it definitely puts me in a summertime mood.
0: <laughs> so this beer got me thinking about the difference between wheat-based beers, because there are yeah. lots of different names that you see going around. So this is a wit beer. So wit beer is also called a white ale usually made with unmalted wheat and they're characterized by these flavors that we're talking about, the orange peel, coriander, sometimes even go so far as to have some peppercorn or ginger. So this Laguna Madre is a real classic wit beer. It's refreshing, it's citrusy, and it has that kind of distinctive Belgian character to it.
1: Yeah. And, and all wit beers are white ales. That's just using the Belgian name wit being white. This isn't to be confused with a wheat ale, which can also be have the same name like Weizen. German beers like Hefeweizen are made from a combination of barley and malted wheat typically depend on yeast for the flavor, not the addition of fruit and spices. Where the Belgian wit beer, like we said today, well, this one has a coriander and orange peel uh, added in. That's a traditional Belgian ingredients. When it's unmalted wheat, what happens there? It's harder to get at the sugars. Correct. Right?
0: Yep. Yep. Unmalted. It's not being broken down so much. So it's a little bit harder to extract those sugars. So you're going to have a different end product from that. Um, yeah. Favorite wheat-based beers. I was thinking about, you mentioned the Allagash white. That is mm. def- that's like my Boston airport beer of choice. I've had many in Allagash white with other people here on staff. You know, our company is based out of Boston originally. So I've sat around drinking Allagash whites at the airport, waiting to get home <laughs> many times. That one definitely is one of my favorites, I think. How about you, Mike?
1: Going to Germany, Augustiner. Uh, we oh, were yeah. at Augustiner Brewery in uh, Innsbruck, Vienna, and we had the most wonderful Hefeweissens, and uh, the waitress came over with the tray with the, the tall wheat beers, and as she was taking one off, the other three were like – and I could see it. I was on the other side of the table. I could just see it happening, and it went <gasps> – yes, Oh, Gary. no. Completely showered in orange peel and coriander. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, I've, they're hear, I've heard of a shower
0: <laughs> beer. And this was the beer shower. She had the
1: beer shower. Yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. It was memorable. (laughs) At least you got a good story out of it. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Let's learn a bit more about Ranger Creek brewing and distilling. So we mentioned before it was the first one founded in the area since 2001. It was actually founded in 2010, which I feel like is a bit earlier when you're looking oh. at craft breweries. I think between like 2013, 2016, feels like that's when they've all been opening. But this one was founded in 2010, a little bit before the curve there. Ranger Creek is an award-winning brew distillery in San Antonio that hand makes all their beer and whiskey one batch at a time.
1: Yeah, and they actually produced uh, one of the very first Texas whiskey brands. And their bourbon has been selected by Forbes as one of the top Texas bourbons in 2020. So if you get a chance to get some of that bourbon, uh, I know that I, I tend to stay away from hard alcohol as a rule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like I go for like beer first, then wine, and then like maybe gin or like really like peaty, smoky scotch. Yeah, But I, I have had I, a good I bourbon like punch too, before. Yeah.
1: I guess sometimes also when I think of bourbon, I think of Jack Daniels.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: that's Is that a bourbon? It is. <laughs>
0: I'm, I go, uh-huh. Like I know, uh-huh. like, oh, no, no. I think it's, I know. Well, I'm not, know I'm not a fan I of
1: that, but I'd li- I would love to try some of the Ranger Creek though, for sure. That any yeah. kind of uh, craft distilled alcohol, I'm certainly willing to give it a shot.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's like, it's really good. And I know that, you know, Texas bourbon is our thing. So to, so to hear that they were one of the top Texas bourbons, uh, just a couple of years ago, that's amazing. So mm-hmm. now that we've gotten a little preview of Ranger Creek. We're going to check in on our top things to do in San Antonio. And our first top thing to do is something that we actually mentioned last week when we were talking about the Riverwalk. So under the I-35 bridge off of the Riverwalk, you can find a colony of 50,000 Mexican free tailed bats during the summer months. And there's even an annual Bat Loco Bash, which is complete with live music, kids' activities, food trucks, and educational booths where you can learn about the importance of bats. What do you think, Mike? Would you go to the Bat Loco Bash?
1: Would I go? Oh, my gosh. I would get as close as I could to the (laughs) bats. I love bats. I'm a big wildlife guy. Bats are so important. And whenever I hear people say, oh, I don't like bats or they go, they're gross or it's like, no, man, we need these bats, especially in North America, where they a lot of them are insectivores and they eat a lot of the mosquitoes that are going to end up biting you. If you go outside uh, in the summer and you get eaten by mosquitoes, it's like, well, you should have been nicer to the bats because <laughs> a bat is your friend. OK, they'll have,
0: they'll have your back.
1: The bats have our back. It's bats true. Have back. It's true. They are cute, fuzzy friends. They're not like really easy to pet, but, you know. <laughs> They're amazing. I love bats. Yeah, definitely. We go to that. Uh, and the next thing we want to do uh, when we get to San Antonio is go to the Robber Baron cave. That's located in central San Antonio. you find a mile long network of underground passages and tunnels. It actually serves as a speakeasy during prohibition. And later it was a secret high school hangout for local <laughs> teens. Uh, these days you can actually visit it as a tourist attraction. And before COVID they offered an open house tour every year.
0: Yeah, it sounds really fun. I know that they're not currently letting people in, but I've seen people go and have picnics there. It's kind of a park outside of the cave. You can kind of peek inside. Yeah, it sounds really fun. I love a good speakeasy. When I lived in Pittsburgh, there was a cool spot. It was in the basement of the old Omni William Penn Hotel. And you could go into like the basement and there was this hidden speakeasy, and they had all these like really cool, like classic cocktails and it was like kind of dark and jazzy and it was really fun have you have you seen any cool like speakeasy type bars where you are or elsewhere in the world yeah
1: but there's a place called criff dogs which is a hot dog place like they just have hot dogs and That's i guess their co- I,
0: is that their cover is there it's is a, the hot dog place it's the
1: way to the bar is to go into the criff dogs and you have to know the knock but uh i've been to another one was one in queens called dutch kills i guess it is a speakeasy but on the outside it just like there's a little sign That says bar and it's kind of a rundown storefront and you go inside and it's like pristine, this beautiful old like 20s Art Deco bar and uh, they have like seven different types of ice cubes and all these (laughs) liquors I'm looking at. I was looking at all the liquors. I'm like, I didn't recognize one label. Like there are all just these unique spirits. So really uh, cool places if you can find them for sure. There's a few of them in New York. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really fun. I need to find some here in Raleigh. I'm sure that there are a couple. I know I saw one in Charlotte when I was visiting. So I bet there's, I bet there's one hidden somewhere here in Raleigh. I'll, I'll find out. I'll report back. And now let's open our second beer and introduce our guest.
1: Let's do it. All right. So we're going to open up the Sky Trooper IPA.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's open this guy up. So this beer, the Sky Trooper IPA, clocks in at 6.5% ABV with a hearty IBU of 65. And you'll notice that the numbers align there, 65 ABV. 65 IBU, which is pretty typical of this kind of well-balanced but hop-forward beer. And it is brewed with Amarillo and Centennial hops, two of my favorites, and uses Maris Otter and German Pale Malt.
1: Look at that. I got it right on the line.
0: Lovely. Oh, man. It's like coming out over the top, but not all. That's beautiful. I love it. Mm. see this is like this is my kind of ipa i really love a good solid west coast style dank resinous kind of ipa right. so this is even just smelling it i know that i'm gonna like this
1: yeah i i prefer it too i was into hazies for a while but i do like to go back to nice west coast style
0: mm. yeah that's, that's nice
1: good. that's nice very drinkable and it's got that nice amber color mm-hmm. take a look through it oh yeah that's a beauty
0: yeah Yeah. Nice and clear. This beautiful head retention, even just this little bit is not going anywhere, which is so appealing in a beer to see that. So that's really nice. All right. Without any further ado, let's welcome our guest for tonight. We have the head brewer at Ranger Creek Brewing and Distilling, Tony Ferguson. Hey, Tony, welcome. Happy to have you.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. I want oh, to update you on the beer a little bit. I guess somebody gave you some old information on it. So it, it's actually, Ooh, please. Amar- it's Amarillo and Cascade now. Um, and then the Grainville is 100% Byerman, uh Pale Ale.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Not I a do beer. love Cascade too. So yes. I'm, I'm still happy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was uh, an addition from my new assistant brewer that came on. I, you know, when somebody comes on, we just kind of give them free reign to choose if they want to change something. And that was oh, cool. his suggestion. So we did change that. And I, and I, I'm really happy with the way that it came out.
0: Like, yeah, it is. Really it is absolutely delicious. I'm really yeah. enjoying it.
2: Go ahead. I, I just wanted to update you on that.
0: That's no, I appreciate great. it. That's that's why you're here. I love that yeah. we get the insider knowledge. I love and that.
2: also, Julie, I also do the sticker magnets, and I've been do doing them know. for years. Yeah, because I I hate to use a sticker because I love them so much, and I don't want to destroy them by putting on something I might have to throw away. So exactly, I've been doing the same thing <laughs> for years. Oh. I
0: know. I wish I had discovered this years ago. I had like this beautiful, I had like this wooden sticker from one place and I couldn't, I couldn't salvage it. And I was so sad. <laughs> I'm to, I'm okay. starting over with my collection, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mike, take it away.
1: What can you tell us about, uh, about the name Sky Trooper? What is going on there?
2: One of our owners is ex active duty and now he is a reservist. So okay. that is his baby right there. That can design everything that has to do with Sky Trooper. That was his doing. He wanted something to honor his service and other veterans' service in the military, and in our tap room as well. We have take a tag. You buy a you know a dog tag, and the dog tag either gives a vet a beer or a cocktail when they come in. So we have all these dog tags hanging, so a vet can come in and you know request to get a free beverage off of one of those dog tags. We have, we try to be involved as much as we can with the veterans and the military for that reason.
1: That is very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really, that's really awesome. I've never heard of something like that. That's a really cool, really cool idea. Yeah. So Tony, what was the first beer that you ever drank and how did that lead you to where you are now as the head brewer at Ranger Creek?
2: So since I'm in San Antonio here, one of my buddies' brother worked for Pearl Brewery one of the first things that I had was Pearl, because when I was a teenager and not old enough to drink, we could go to his house and his brother's bedroom was stacked to the ceiling with Pearl or Pops or whatever Pearl was currently brewing at the time. That's what started me on that. And then from there, I'm a Texas boy again. So Shiner Beer was like my first craft, I guess I would say. My drinking age was, you know, in the 90s. So I was lucky enough to drink some of Pierre Selles's beer. I cut my teeth on Celis White. And then there was a, a great beer bar here that still exists. And they, they did something that was really illegal. But before there was growlers around, they would sell you a gallon jug of beer to go. So that's where I got my start. And then I kind of fell out of the beer world because my background is working on Harleys. Now, I was a custom Harley builder for 30 years uh, from the age of, 14 all the way up I was lucky enough to meet Jason Davis from Freetail and I was looking for a part-time job just to kill some time and work in a brewery and I started washing kegs for Jason once a week and then it turned into canning and it turned into brewing at the pub and then it turned into getting a job at Ranger Creek it's been kind of a weird journey for me on my craft beer experience you know (laughs) No. Yeah,
0: when did you start with Ranger Creek? I know they've been around for about 12 years now. It's been about almost going on
2: three years now for me. I sure. never wanted to be in this position as a head brewer. and I wasn't supposed to be, but my head brewer <laughs> decided to go move to Turingua and live off the grid. So <laughs> I, all of a sudden I'm a head brewer, you know, so but it's been good. It's worked out really well. I hired a really solid <laughs> assistant brewer that I also knew from Freetail and we've been enjoying our time together. You were
0: absolutely doing something right because both of these beers are, are really tasty. Wonderful. I'm to you. glad
2: to hear it. And I really appreciate that because we fought really hard not to brew that Whit beer Cause as y'all were saying, they have fallen out of favor and, um, <laughs> everybody in Texas has dropped them from their roster. And so I fought really hard, but it did come out really well. It does have chamomile as well as oh. as uh, sweet and bitter orange and the coriander as well. And that's something that I, I learned from Jason as well at retail. Very
0: so, cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know they're out of favor, but I I have people asking about them all the time. Mm-hmm. So the people yeah. still want them for sure.
0: They'll they'll all just go to Ranger Creek to get it. That's the good thing. That's the good thing, yeah, that, the good thing was, about making it.
2: That was the hope. And and as y'all read into, it, it was really marketed us to bring us further down into corpus and a touch on the corpus market, which is why it has that tarpon on the can, which is a Gulf of Mexico fish. So we were truly trying to break into the corpus market a little bit harder with something that was light and refreshing for them down there.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: nice. Let's take a beer break. We talked about a couple different types of wheat beers, but why would brewers use wheat instead of barley at all? Well, as grains go, wheat has a higher protein content than barley. This means it can add more body and a richer, fuller mouthfeel to the beer, not to mention a more stable, longer-lasting head. Wheat also creates some of the palest beers on the market due to its light color, and when it comes to flavor, it contributes an almost tart crispness to the beer. While a typical wheat-style beer uses about 40 to 70% wheat in place of other grains, Brewers might throw in a smaller percentage of wheat for any of the effects listed above. Now, let's get back to the episode.
1: And you still work on bikes at all? Some spare I time?
2: try to whenever I can. Yeah. Well, I still have a couple of motorcycles myself. And I grew up from a motorcycle family. My dad had a motorcycle shop for 45 years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have a large collection of stuff that. the uh, that. was No sitting on. So, yeah. I try my best to still keep working on them.
1: Very cool. Now, Ranger Creek is unique because it's not just a brewery. It's a distillery, too. How do the two sides of the company interact, or do they?
2: They interact a lot. Ranger Creek is actually Texas's only brew distillery. Now, there are other breweries like Real Ale, for example, that do distill, but they are not allowed to operate the the business under the same roof. Um, And it's a weird situation. Their, Their distillery is attached to the building, but its own separate building, but that's enough legally to separate it. Now, when Ranger Creek started, they called up and asked TABC if they could do this. And TABC said, oh yeah, no problem. Nobody's ever asked to do it. So I don't see why you couldn't do it. And then four or five years down the road, when more breweries started asking if they could do it, TABC decided to change the rules and tried to remove our license and tried to make us separate everything. To my owners, to their benefit, they hired a lawyer and they won. And so we are now, and forever, will probably be the only brew stillery allowed to be in Texas. Amazing. And to answer the other question, the still is right next to our brew system, literally right next to it. They use the same brew system as well as uh, that we do for their mashes. And it could, it could be a problematic situation. Like when we're canning, we hire a mobile canning company. On some of those days, my distiller might decide that he's going to dump sour mash down the drain while I'm canning and you can just smell Brett floating throughout mm. the brewery oh as boy man. Yeah, and it's a scary situation but I guess to mine and my assistant brewer's credit knock on wood we have not had any problems in the going on three years with any of our cans or any of our products so I guess we're getting everything clean
1: good good
0: (laughs) yeah that that could be so so important for sure do you do any good beer and whiskey cocktails or anything like that where you kind of mix the two products together
2: no the the closest we get to that would be me using their barrels or uh, sometimes we will brew a stout or we will brew a porter or something and then they will ferment it and then they will distill it themselves we used to do a mesquite smoke porter we have a large container outside, a shipping container that we've converted into a smoker because the selling side makes a single malt. I like to call it a Texas Scotch because it's a single malt whiskey, but instead of being the grain being smoked on peat, it's smoked on mesquite wood. They basically were using the same recipe that we use for the beer to make their whiskey. You know, so we made a mesquite smoked porter, and then they made what they call their mesquite smoked rimfire, which is a single malt smoke whiskey. And then of course, also, you know, we do a full bourbon barrel series. We do a, a bourbon barrel brown, a bourbon barrel, uh Russian imperial, an imperial coffee and a um, a wee heavy. And we use all of our bourbon barrels to age that in. So, That's convenient. Yeah. yeah, it is convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some other times that it, you know, like if I have a problem with a stuck mash, like you when know, I commonly do or something, I can just be like, here, y'all can have it. And if it's high gravity enough, they can distill it out and we're not losing product. And I don't feel as bad about that happening. Not that that happens very often, but if it does, there is a, an alternative way to to use the product. So that's pretty nice.
0: That's really cool. I mean, I was thinking like, how do they interact? By like thinking about the product after it's made, but I love hearing that like they're interacting during the brewing process in different ways, whether you're using the barrels or they're using your grain or something like that. Um, That's really neat. You come up with a lot
2: more ideas when there's two different things going on and under the same roof, you know, and a way to help each other out.
0: Very cool. And I read that you don't just make small batch whiskey and beer. You also made small batch hand sanitizer at the beginning of the pandemic. What sparked that move?
2: I guess a couple of things. One was we had all of this corn that might be going to waste or could be utilized. Secondly, we didn't even know our still would go that high. You know, we triple distill everything, but to get to that level, you're basically making vodka and that's quadruple distilled or more. The manufacturer of our still had told us for 10 years that it was not capable of doing that. So when all this happened, we pretty much shut everything down. So we're like, well, let's throw some corn in there and see what happens. And sure enough, we were able to do it. We saw a need in the community and decided it's good for the community and it's good for us. If we can drive business to us for our drive-through sales and at the same time hand out free sanitizer it wasn't like we were asking people to buy beer to get hand sanitizer or we just saying come get hand sanitizer but at the same time it was good free press and it helped out the community after that we switched to buying neutral grain spirits and just distilling that one more time instead of going from the corn afterwards because it was quite of an expense to to do it from the corn but every all the hand sanitizer was 100% donated Fantastic. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: And when you brew, you have a favorite style. that you like to brew?
2: I'm a crispy boy guy. I'm, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm lagers, Pilsner. pills, lager life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a brewer alive that doesn't say that, you know, but it's the truth. I mean, there's just something about that style that just, I'm, that's what I'm drinking right now. That's what I keep a keg of on tap at my house all the time is our San Antonio lager.
1: Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm living that lager life too. Yeah.
0: Now, Tony, you said that you were a home brewer as well. When you home brew, do you do a lot of loggers there too? I know it can be a little bit more complicated to do at that scale.
2: When I, w- when I was homebrewing, it was the mid-90s uh, to the late 90s. And so mm-hmm. it was porters and stouts, triples, and it was heavy beers. It was high-grabbing mm-hmm. beers was what we were doing. I was also in my 20s, so we were looking for as much alcohol as we <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's right. The biggest
0: payoff for the same right. amount of work. You know? Exactly. Yeah. The yeast will do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> and then how would you describe the state of craft beer in Texas?
2: Texas is a weird place when it comes to craft beer. We have a lot of diehard fans of craft beer. But unlike every other state around, we don't have enough breweries here. It's, it's getting better and there's more every single day. And I'm hopeful for it to continue growing. But to think that, you know, in the 90s, we had such a boom in Texas of craft beer and then it dropped off for so long and then came back again, I think we have a little bit of recovery to do here in texas we need more breweries in san antonio we're such a destination town I feel like we're lacking it here i don't i don't know what reason that is but it's weird you can go to austin there's 100 breweries all over the place in san antonio mm. we have 20 it, it doesn't really make any sense and we argue that point all the time down here trying to figure out what exactly going in how do we get more people involved in craft beer but the people that are here Are so diehard and strong, I have no doubt that it's here to stay and it's not going anywhere anytime soon.
1: You have other favorites in in town, in San Antonio?
2: You know, I'm partial free Tail because that's where I got my foothold in it. And also, they're the OGs to speak in this town besides Joey or Blue Star, who's been brewing since the mid-90s, you know, consistently. I'm partial right now to Roadmap Brewing. They have a, a wide selection of rotating beers, family-owned business. Uh, Dustin, his wife, own the company, and they treat their employees well. And they, they, they do everything that a brewery that size should do. They treat their customers well. They treat their people well. Got a good food truck. They put on good events. And they've got a solid beers. They're my current favorite.
1: Nice. And you see it growing. You think the Santa General scene is uh, slowly growing still?
2: Yes, absolutely. And it surprises me all the time that these breweries pop up, that there are people that that weren't even in the industry and they're just homebrewers and somehow scraped together the money and, you know, have started with, and within the last two months, we've added two more breweries that just literally popped out of nowhere. That's interesting to see. And, and one of them is right in the heart of downtown, right next to Pearl. And I don't know how they pulled that off, but (laughs) more props to them you know and then one of them is right down the road from me they're both putting out a good product considering how young they're that they're only like two months old which is very surprising
0: yeah, that's so cool. And I feel like the, you know, the breweries that we've worked with in San Antonio have, have been great. The beer has been great. And it really is a testament to what we do with Brews Less Traveled is go to these cities that maybe people would not think of as a beer city and show everyone that this is a really cool, undiscovered beer city. We're not going to go to Austin. We're not going to go to Asheville or Denver. We're going to be taking people to other cities that have really awesome beer and really awesome breweries. So that's very similar to what our mission is for sure. Nice. Yeah.
2: I appreciate it.
1: All right. So we like to ask the locals about San Antonio, give us some of the secrets. So tell me, uh, what would be your ideal day off in San Antonio?
2: I'm lucky. I, I work for this company. And they allow me to work four days a week. I'm supposed to work four tens. You know, if I work one 10 in a week, it's, it's pretty amazing. If I have to do that, they really just want me to get my job done and that's all they care about. They don't care how long it takes. So that affords me a three-day weekend and that affords me a Friday. My wife's still working, and I can just go take the dog out and do whatever I want to do. And that usually for me means driving downtown and then going to either the station cafe, which if you get a chance to come in, is the best sandwich in San Antonio. They have a large selection of sandwiches. And then my new addition is Curry Boys Barbecue. Uh-huh. Curry Boys Barbecue came out of the pandemic. So it's two M barbecue and Pinch Boil House, neither one of them had a drive-through setup during the pandemic. So they both rented this little tiny pink building on the St. Mary's Strip, where all the bars are, and they combined the curry and the jasmine rice with the smoked meats of the barbecue joint. And it is absolutely my favorite and my addiction right now. So I'll go down there, I'll pick up that food, I'll go over to the local park, sit with the dog, eat some food, Wait till the roadmap to open. I'll go over a roadmap, have a couple beers, and then I'll just enjoy my day and then head back home afterwards. You know, I really enjoy going downtown to San Antonio. There's a lot going on at any day of the week. You can find something interesting to do down there.
1: That's great. That's great. Oh, so they've got some really good advice there. Yeah. Good sandwiches, barbecue, and beer. Yeah. All, all in the same area, you say? Yeah.
2: Yeah. All in the same area. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that barbecue sounds amazing. That sounds like a really cool, really cool Mm -hmm. concept. All right. As we wrap up here, it's time for our rapid fire questions. Mm. Tony, your mission is to not think just answer. You ready?
2: Yeah.
1: Free your minds.
2: (laughs) All
1: right, here we go. New year's resolution.
2: Lose weight.
0: If you could drink a beer with anyone dead or alive, who would it be?
2: Any better.
1: What's your spirit animal? A goat.
2: (laughs) <laughs> i love it <laughs> no further
0: questions your style that's so last year
2: uh anything hazy hazy IPAs. Yeah, I'm over it. Yes. <laughs> Let the backlash begin. <laughs> What's the beer style of
1: 2022?
2: I think it's crispy boys. I think it's lagers. I think it's pilsners. I think it's cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a brewer and you want to show people what you're doing, that's the way to do it out right there. I you know. Yep. You can make one clean, crisp, a little bit bready and with a nice head and a good head retention, and you're killing it. Bierstadt does what Bierstadt does for a reason because they make some beautiful loggers, players and cultures, you know, yeah. <laughs> yep. I love yep. it. I love
0: it. I'm sensing a trend this month. We've talked about Bierstadt, I think on like every episode so far. Yeah. yeah the lager yeah. is definitely, it, it seems yeah. like it's the year we, of the lager probably, Yeah. for sure. All right, Tony, it's been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug?
2: No, I, I'm all good. You, you, You've done it for me. I don't need to plug anything else. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very happy with the way this came out, and I'm I'm really happy that y'all enjoyed the beers, and I really appreciate the time.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so oh, much. It you. was great chatting with you. And yeah, thanks for making some some great and beer. I, that I, we if any of you all make it
2: down to San Antonio, please come into our tap room and give us a hello. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thanks to Mike. Thank you to our awesome guest, Tony. Be sure to tune in next week as we finish our San Antonio road trip with a Keller Pills and a re-fermented IPA. Don't worry, we'll talk all about what that means from Five Stones Artisan Brewery. We'll also be speaking with a beer-loving Texas resident, Bruvana's own content guru, Ian Oldman. We can't wait to see you then. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me in our virtual tap room this week. I love sharing a beer with you. And don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club at Bruvana.com. This way you'll get all the beers we taste on the podcast delivered right to your doorstep so you can drink along. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and subscribe to Bruvana on Untapped, so you can stay up to date with the beers in the box. Can't wait to crack open a cold one with you next week. Cheers!